All right, good evening to you. Welcome in to the 573 Report, our regular, I was going to say Wednesday night show, but it's not Wednesday night, it's Tuesday <laughs> night because Missouri plays basketball on Wednesday night, so our regular night show uh, with Mitchell Forty and myself talking Mizzou sports. And uh, Mitch, I'm completely unprepared. I thought maybe we would just do an hour-long show on exactly how Missouri beat Illinois in college basketball this year. <laughs> yeah, Illinois is looking pretty good right now. I've got it up that they're currently beating Michigan by 20. Michigan, the number two team in the country. Good? So Michigan's having yeah, good. I, I think they're pretty good. They're 18 and one. That seems good. Okay. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, if there's one thing Conzo Martin's been able to do, it's beat Illinois. So yeah, and beat beat good teams. We'll uh, yeah. we'll talk about that some. So uh, look, guys, we uh, we were at a spring football practice for. A little while today we didn't see a ton we saw a lot of stretching and agility um, <laughs> there it's an agile team i feel i feel comfortable <laughs> saying that at least seems that way yeah yeah um and then we sat on a zoom call and stared at a blank screen for an hour and 15 minutes so we're not totally prepared for this so the more of you that are here and participate in this show questions comments we don't care if it's about Mizzou. We don't care if it's nice to us. Whatever. Just give us some things to talk about. That'll be good. Um, the show's going to be a whole lot better if you guys give us things to talk about. I mean, we can come up with some stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's it's coming up on the final week of the uh, basketball season, the regular season. Conference tournament's going to be next week. And then what I guess we're, I don't know, what, 14, 15 days from the start of the NCAA tournament, something like that. Uh, less, right? Yeah. No, I less, think more. I think, or more. Uh, no. Because it doesn't start till Friday. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And more, it's not more. next Friday. Yeah. Yeah. More. Two and a half weeks. Yeah. So 17 days. Either way, <laughs> it's getting close. Um, yeah. It, the end of the college basketball season to me is a little bit different than the end of the football season because, like, I never felt like we weren't going to get there. I, I mean, right, all right. I knew was they will find a way to have an NCAA tournament. That's going For to sure. happen. So I'm not really shocked that we're there, but I was looking at the SEC standings and actually outside of Texas A&M, most teams managed to play a, a pretty close to a full season. I think most teams missed two games, but I think missing the, those two games is, is probably kind of going to end up hurting Missouri because if LSU beats Vandy tonight, Missouri can't get in the top four. And the main reason they're not going to be able to is because Florida, Tennessee, and LSU all could finish 10-7, and seven and, and Missouri can't play 17 games. Right, yeah. So it, it, it's kind of a couple of things. First of all, I think that if, if ever game this week gets played, which might right. not happen because I still don't know if an M will play it. Right. I think it will have been four or five teams. I forget which that actually play all 18 games, which if you had okay. told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have been really impressed. Uh, and every team except A&M will have played at least 16. A&M was involved in as of this, eight. as of now, A&M has been involved in, I believe seven or nine of the 16 postponements. I mean, so, like, I wrote about this earlier this week, and I think you and I have talked about it. They shouldn't be allowed in the conference tournament. No chance. No chance. Because also, like, why on earth do we need to have just one game Wednesday night with Auburn out exactly. and have it be like A&M Vandy? That's terrible. You, yeah, no, they should not be involved. Because you can't tell me the SEC network is going, 
Oh, we got to get that A&M Vandy game on. That's great inventory. Those 17 people that are going to tune in and see our lady doing the PSA on the beach, like we need that. They, nobody yeah, cares they could do about better. That. They could do better numbers replaying like some random Alabama spring game or something. Right. Like so. A&M fans don't even know basketball is being played, and Vandy fans just hate their coach because he's blocked them all on Twitter. <laughs> Nobody's watching that game. That's true. That's true. And if in, in the number of Vandy fans who care can easily fit in that arena at it's like whatever, 20% capacity. So, yes. but anyway, um, yeah, so it, it hurts Missouri from a conference standings perspective. Absolutely. To have the two games they had, they're going to lose because they were the closest things you get to sure wins in the SEC home against Texas A&M home against Vanderbilt. And so, you know, you, you say they finish, uh, what would it be? Eight and eight, you know, you're, 10 and eight obviously would, would move them up in the standings. Theoretically, I think, you know, it's going to be pretty tight in there, but at the same time, I actually, you know, there's, there's also the argument to be made that especially as we got towards the end there, it was not a bad thing for their NCAA tournament resume to have those games canceled because games like that can only hurt you. So, um, you know, it would have been great if they were played at the time, but I think as, as it came down, Missouri definitely would have preferred if they were going to make up one game to have it be that LSU game. Yeah. And I, it, like, let's be clear. Everybody is, I mean, I don't know. If they lose three straight games, I think they'll be nervous on Selection Sunday. Like, yeah, I think they'll still get in because what we tend to do is focus so much, like, on the last two weeks. And it's been years since the NCAA did this last 10 games thing. That doesn't matter anymore. They actually do look at the whole season, and people forget that for the first half of this season, Missouri was really good. Like, we joked about the Illinois thing, but that's a huge deal. Illinois might be the number two team in the country. Yeah, right. And I think people have the tendency, and, and they do it with rankings as well as tournament stuff, where, like, the last week means you, you move X amount of spots because you won. Like, oh, that team won twice, they move up. That team lost, they move down. But, like, it really doesn't work like that, you know, especially when you get into this area where a, a lot of teams are, you know, playing similar competition or, you know, these higher quadrant games. Like, a loss doesn't kill you, and if you have the good wins, that's still going to help. So, yeah, I mean, certainly Missouri would prefer to not go into a situation here where it loses its last three games, and I think you might be sweating a little bit, you know, on Selection Sunday. I think they're in no matter what, but, it, you know, it would certainly help to to avoid, at a minimum, losing that first game of the SEC tournament. Right. I would say, if, if first of all, just go win in Gainesville, and we can quit talking about this every day, but <laughs> if yeah. they lose to L Florida, they lose to LSU, like, if they then were to lose their first game in Nashville, to me, that's the equivalent of I don't know. Don't take the first two down the middle and allow the umpire to call you out on the one that was six inches outside. Like, yeah, yeah. maybe it was a bad call, but it's kind of your fault that it was a bad call. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And I mean, that would, you know, that would be finished if they were to lose these two and then lose that first first game of the SEC tournament would have been what losing seven of the last state. Like yeah. that's, you know, yeah, you don't really have a lot of right to complain at that point. Right. I agree. So, but I do think like all they got to do is win one. And the sooner they win one, it would be better. I, when we talked to Conzo today, I didn't feel like I phrased my question very well. But basically, I was saying just win or lose. Like, I think it's important for this team to remember that at one time they were good and play in yeah. a way that they can point to and say, oh, yeah, see, we can do that. Because mm -hmm. if, if, you, if you drop these two, and then even if you win a game or two in Nashville, but, like, you don't look great doing it, I probably think this team's going to go in and go not with much to feel good about.
For sure, for sure. And I actually do think like, you know, you obviously you don't want to have COVID pauses and all that, but I think this little break might have come at a good time. Um, you know, they, they've been, it's been a little bit of a grind, obviously, you know, Javon Pickett banged up, Jeremiah Tillman missed a couple of games and is kind of getting back in shape. Like it helps from that perspective, but also just like re regroup, you know, really be able to reflect like what went wrong. Yeah. And like you said, get back to the things Missouri had been doing well. Um, so we'll see if that ends up happening. I mean, the last time they went on the, a little break, they, they came out of it playing pretty well. They won like four in a row or something like that. So we'll see. Speaking of Javon Pickett, and appreciate all the questions and comments, and we'll get to those here right after this. But speaking of Javon Pickett, um, nobody asked today, but I did see that, that Conzo said on his radio show last night that Javon Pickett is questionable for tomorrow's game against Florida. And I, I have a question for you. Do you know if there's anybody out there who might, like, host a show on YouTube who said, like, two weeks ago you should sit Javon Pickett because you don't want to get two weeks down the road and still have this be a thing. Has anybody brought that up at any point? I, that rings a bell. Yeah. That rings a bell. Probably, yeah, my favorite YouTube show, the 573 right. Report, the source of all Mizzou knowledge. But, yeah, I, I totally agreed with you then. And, yeah, now we're seeing it like this is just lingered. And we've seen that before with Mizzou players and yep. specifically with Pickett. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of easy to see coming. Yeah, well, it's here and uh, and we'll see what happens. But, again, like we're letting you guys drive this show. Uh, speaking of driving this show, the people that really drive this show are the fine people at 573 T's. Uh, they are an online-only company, 573-TEES.com. If you go there, you can get their wide variety of uh, apparel, uh, a lot of it Mizzou, a lot of it Eli Drinkwitz stuff, a lot of it Columbia. They've got some Cardinal stuff, Royal stuff, Blue stuff, Chiefs stuff, anything you want pretty much. Uh, I don't know. They're, they've probably got a shirt in the works for Sam Horn. They probably made one for Patrick Mahomes' daughter. You know, it's, it's like anytime anything happens, you can go on the internet and find a T-shirt for it 24 hours <laughs> later. Uh, so go check them out, 573tees.com. If you go through the link on the show page on Power Mizzou, you can actually get 10% off your first order. It's already cheap, so that is 90% of already cheap. I don't I don't know exactly what that is in, in numbers, but it's a good deal. So, look, let's jump into your questions uh, I, and comments. We asked for them. You guys uh, delivered, so we're going to let you kind of drive where we go the rest of the way. And Todd wants to know if Drinkwitz has coached a player similar to Mookie Cooper. I, I mean, I, I don't. He's coached fast guys. I, I think that's – I don't mean to be flippant, but I think that's Mookie's biggest attribute, right? Uh, I mean, I'm not yeah. 100% familiar with what App State's roster was two years ago, but, like, Tyler Beatty, I, I think that's a similar type guy, although Mookie will probably line up more at, at receiver than running back. Yeah, it's tough to answer because um, we haven't one, seen much. Mookie hasn't played a college game, and two, I'm not going to pretend like I watched a, really any of Drinkwitz at App State or NC State or wherever. I mean, like, Jacoby Myers is in the NFL now, but, like, I don't really know how he, what he did in college. He's, he's a slot guy now, which is, I, I don't maybe that's kind of what Mookie Cooper will do, but I envision him being, a, I don't know, a little different, a little more of a, kind of a, a, you know, get the ball in the backfield or, or downfield over it's more, more so than over the middle. But yeah, I mean, like certainly, you know, you, you at least feel decent about Drinkwitz's ability at this point to, you know, 
get traits like Mookie Cooper's speed and find a role for it. So uh, we'll see exactly what that ends up looking like. Also, assuming he gets eligible. I do think people are kind of jumping to that assumption, which is fair. Like everyone said, think he will. oh, the NCAA is going to pass that thing. But like, they, st- I don't know, man. I'm not counting anything on the NCAA doing anything. <laughs> I mean, so what comes first, a vote on the transfer rule or penalties for Kansas? Uh, it probably be the transfer. transfer rule, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, both are probably coming in 2025. Although it would be pretty awesome if the NCAA just went to Indi- Indianapolis in three weeks and was like, oh, uh, Kansas, out. Uh, you know, LSU, <laughs> out. Like, yeah. go home. We got these alternate teams. They are replacing you now. You cannot stain yeah. the doorstep of our fine event with your cheating programs. Uh, I'd support it. I think a lot of people here would support it. Um, Absolutely. By the way, you know when I learned that there was an NFL player named Jacoby Myers that Eli Drinkwitz had coached? Like two minutes ago? Yeah, about 45 seconds ago. Good for him, man. Yeah. I'm sure he's, yeah, he's, he's proud of that. Receiver at uh, NC State. That's Yeah, and now he plays for the Patriots. So yeah. um, I am bringing the knowledge tonight. Steve, Steve P. does not want my food reviews. I believe this relates to my appearance on The Greatest Pod in the South. Mitch, do you have any comments on St. Louis-style pizza, pizza and Provel cheese? Um, I don't know. I, I, I've had emos before. It's, it's fine. It's not my favorite. I'll leave it at that. It's edible. Did you know, speaking of pizza, did you know there was a thing called Detroit style pizza? Is that just like Little Caesars? I don't know. It's, I had no idea. I just know that that Little Caesars is from Detroit and it's Little not Little Caesars good. is, the founder was from Detroit. It is basically, it's super thick, like probably an inch thick and there is no crust the cheese goes all the way to the edge and then hmm. it, it, you get this little kind of the crusty broiled cheese on the edge i don't know it looked it looked like lasagna it looked, i like lasagna yeah i mean like I i've rarely had a pizza that i dislike right. um that even includes the, the emos so I've, i'm sure i would try it and find it okay but it's yeah. not something i'll go out of my way to consume i just learned all sorts of new things this week i learned about detroit style <laughs> pizza on uh, on monday afternoon so uh adam is asking on thoughts on kobe brown cody brown and the likelihood he commits to mizzou uh cody brown for those who might not be familiar as a four-star running back who signed with Tennessee, um, was released from his letter of intent because he did not want to play at Tennessee after they uh, fired Jeremy Pruitt and hired Josh Heupel. Um, and earlier today tweeted at Sam Horn about being teammates, which threw Mizzou Internet into a, uh, a bit of a tizzy. Um, like, look, I don't know. I haven't spoken to Cody Brown. We know – Missouri has talked to him. They're involved. We know UCF. We know Miami um, is involved. I think I've seen a little talk of Michigan being involved. But we can't really say what the chances are at this point. Right, yeah. I mean, Because he you hasn't know, answered yeah. us. Right. Until, until we hear from him, it's always hard to know. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I can't add much because I know the – your source for Cody Brown Intel is the exact same as mine. We've heard the exact same thing. So like, yeah, I mean, we think Mizzou is involved. We think they are uh, talking to, to him and, and we we've heard that Miami and central Florida are two of the other programs involved and there are also more. That's about all I know. But um, you know, until he announces he's going elsewhere, definitely something Which, to keep an eye on. By the way, he does not have to be in a rush to do because spring right, football's right. already started. So he's not going to mm-hmm. be on campus for spring football anywhere. I, I mean, he's still mm-hmm. in high school. So, like, he doesn't have to do anything until 
you know, mid-August if he doesn't want Right, to. yeah, the only potential, you know, timeline issue would be if teams use up all their spots for initial counters. But I feel um, like those schools, they're right. probably going to hold a spot for that guy. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Or someone, you know, yeah, you, you wait until and, and it may get to the point where, you know, July comes around or something and, you know, coaches like drink with saying, hey, man, like we're about to maybe fill this last spot. What's your deal? So, right. um, but yeah, that's obviously a ways down the road. I think it would. I think it makes a lot of sense for Missouri, though. I mean, breaking news, four star recruit would make a lot of sense for Missouri. <laughs> right. But yeah. I mean, their top two running backs, I think it's pretty clear are going to be Tyler Beatty and Elijah Young. And I think you asked Elijah Young today, and he said, you know, I think my skill set is a lot like Tyler Beatty. So yeah. they kind of don't necessarily have that. And, and I'm not even saying size or anything, but that round tree, that change of pace, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it's kind of like the guy that throws the 82-mile-an-hour slider is much more effective after the guy that throws 98 uh, than right. he is yeah. following another junk baller. So – like just having two different styles I think would be beneficial. And I'm not – I know Dawson Downing's there, Taj Butts is coming in, but I'm not sure Missouri has that different style right now. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and like I've heard people say like, you know, without Roundtree, you know, Beatty can't be like a, an every down type back. And I think he can carry the load. I think he can do more than he's shown. But I, do, but, you still need A, bodies. You need depth because, you know, Tyler Beatty is a small dude. He's not going to run 30, carry the ball right. 37 times a, in a game like Larry Roundtree. And two, yeah, a change of pace is, is really important at running back. I mean, almost every team has a couple guys with two different styles. And yeah, you know, Elijah Young is very similar to Beatty. I mean, he was recruited as a slot receiver at a lot of places. Uh, rather than a running back he's the guy who catches the ball well out of the backfield he's fast you get him the ball in space um so yeah i mean certainly if, if missouri can find you know a guy like i mean cody brown would kind of have fallen into their lap but even if not him i think that would be a, something they'd look for in the transfer portal is a guy who can you know carry the ball 10 times a game or so between the tackles maybe be, right. be a little bit more of a short yardage runner and i've always thought the idea you have to be 6-2-2-10 to run the ball between the tackles is overrated i think right. you can be a good <laughs> short yardage back or a good between the tackles back if you're smaller than that but to me the bigger deal is Every one of those carries that Tyler Beatty is picking up is another hit and another bruise mm -hmm. and another potential injury this year, which then is he the same guy when he takes a jet sweep that he was last year if he's taken nine hits from a middle linebacker every game? I don't know. Right, yeah, and also, you know, just in general, then too, if we're talking about him getting dinged up, you have no experience behind him. I right. mean, Dawson Downing's been around for a while, but he's got what maybe fifteen, twenty career Simi carries. Bakari, same. You know, Simi Bakari's not done much. Elijah, Elijah Young, you know, what five carries last season, something like that. So, you know, it definitely would help just to get, I think, a little more depth in there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Josh wants to know. With the additions Mizzou's made since the end of football season, have your expectations changed at all for next season? I mean, I'll let you take that, Mitch, first. Um, I mean, not really. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm I mean, thinking like so. I mean, Blaze Aldridge, I guess, kind of fills a role, but I, I don't really know what to expect of him at this point. You know, EJ Doma Ogar probably helps out. Excuse me, a guard. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think, I'm not thinking of any, am I missing someone who is like going to be this huge, you I mean, know, the big addition, the impact to me guy, are, like 
or Steve Wilkes, Aaron Fletcher, and Jethro oh, Franklin. Right, right. And like, if Jethro yeah, Franklin yeah, yeah. is changing your expectations for the season, then you know a whole hell of a lot more about Jethro <laughs> Franklin than I do. I mean, big fan, right. love the fact there's a dude named Jethro on staff, but I'm not yet no changing doubt. my expectations. Right. So yeah, no, long story short, no. And and my expectations were always, you know, it's not like they're set in stone. I, I I'm willing to be, you know, surprised and wrong. And you know, I've said something along the lines of seven and five. You know, I can very much see eight and four. It's not the hardest schedule in the world. Um, you know, I'm but I'm openly saying, you know, this far out. I mean, like I'm always wrong when I predict things the week before they happen. At this right. far out, I guarantee I'm wrong. So basically what I'm saying is my expectations mean nothing. Yeah, I, I don't set expectations in March because yeah. In this year's even more so, like we don't know what some of these other rosters are going to look like. Like, look, who knows? What if what if an opposing coach, you know, gets caught on tape making strong ass offers and gets fired, and some <laughs> other team looks completely different? Or what if Missouri adds Cody Brown and some other big time transfer? Or what if, God forbid, in fall camp somebody starting quarterback gets hurt? I mean, just. Yeah, you can look at a at a schedule and say, hey, here's kind of where I think they'd fall. And that's all well and good. And I get that we all do it. But I, I just don't set any expectations for, you know, a season that isn't going to start for five and a half months, six months yet. So for sure. Um, OK, Adam wants to know if Mizzou ends up as an eight, nine and Illinois is a one. Could there be a potential second round matchup or does the NCAA avoid regular season rematch i think for the first two rounds if possible they avoid it correct yeah I, be still I believe you're correct if possible they they would i think they would prioritize making sure missouri wasn't in the same little group as another sec team so if there's an sec team who's also an eight nine against missouri or if there's an sec team is a one which there's almost certainly right. not going to be right. um so that but yeah if possible they would try to avoid that but but the other thing they always say in seeding is teams can get moved up and down a line so like if missouri's a nine and the only place they fit in is Illinois' region, they could also make Missouri a 10 because they, they're Correct. very clear that to to make sure we don't have conference games or, or rematches or whatever, like we we do have the liberty to move a team a seed line. So yeah, um, yeah. in all likelihood, if you're on the 8-9 line, you're getting Gonzaga, Baylor, or I think even with the loss tonight, probably Mich – I mean – Oh, I, I would Michigan's think Michigan because I mean, they're State's... losing to the number four team in the country. Yeah. Ohio State's lost a few in a row. I, I'd be oh. stunned if Michigan somehow fell off the one line. Yeah, Ohio State slid a little. I can't see Alabama or Houston getting up to that. You know. I, Alabama has Alabama a slim could. chance. Like if they win the SEC, but, but I, I still I don't think so. I mean, especially with Illinois but, picking up this win tonight. Actually, I see almost no chance. Right. And, and what what if Alabama wins the SEC tournament? I mean, they've beaten like probably what. Se you know, Kentucky, Florida, and Arkansas. Like, there's, they're okay. There's one or one and a half good wins there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Floyd the Barber. Um. I like that name. Great name. Uh, yep. Drink has been almost exclusively recruiting six foot DBs. What do you think the six foot or taller DBs? What do you think the philosophy is? Um. I would say the philosophy is to recruit DBs who are six feet or taller, right? Is that is that a fair statement? 
I, I, I mean, guess, he's kind of yeah, said get, that. Get right? more, get more length. I mean, that was something that started even kind of under Ryan Walters. He talked about liking longer DPs. I don't think it's that unique. I think you know, if you right. can find a guy who's agile enough, and you know, obviously having length makes it harder to complete passes around him. So, I mean, how many five ten corners are there? Not many. Yeah. Right. Not that I know, and I think you'd be more likely to be a safety at that point, so. or, or or a receiver maybe, like right. a slot. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, I just I I think in general most defensive backs that are gonna play at this level tend to be a, a little bit taller guys. Um, but he has been pretty clear. Like, look, we want longer defensive backs. Um, we felt like we needed some size at receiver. We generally want guys that come more uh, ready made two ninety three hundred on the offensive line than than having to build them up there. That seems to be things that that he likes going in um you know i i i i am one who um doesn't pay very much attention to the measurables i mean i mm-hmm. i want to know a kid's stats i want to see him play and mm-hmm. i i don't care if he's five seven or six seven right if he's good he's good i mean i've seen i've seen plenty of dudes that look good get off of the bus and and can't play at all um and then, you know, like the MVP of the national title game two years ago was five seven two hundred and twenty pounds and wasn't recruited by hardly anybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, too, you know, we're talking about 17 and 18 year old kids. Those measurables change. So yeah. almost everyone either grows Although, a little bit or gains weight or whatever in college. So. I, I would say most of them don't get shorter, though. Like if you recruit a six two <laughs> DB, I think he's probably going to stay above six feet. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> they don't go backwards. So, um, <laughs> All right, Trevor Thompson uh, here. He, this is why we didn't talk about this, because I knew we'd, we'd have a question about it. Um, thoughts on the Sam Horn commitment and what it means for the rest of the 22 class. So, look, if you have managed to find this show on the Internet, you, un- <laughs> you know who Sam Horn is. So we're not going to go into that. And I like I, I always say up front, recruiting is largely PR. It, it wins mm-hmm. no games on the field. I mean, it does eventually win games on the field, but like. There is, to me, an equal chance that Sam Horn is the next Chase Daniel and or the next Chase Patton. I don't know which one he's going to be, right? So the only thing you can judge it on is what's it mean on this day. And, and on this day, that's I, – I mean, it's clearly the biggest one that Eli Drinkwitz has gotten at Missouri. And I would argue it's it, – well, I'll leave this to you for – it's Missouri's biggest commitment since when? Since who? That's a harder question for me than you because you've been covering Missouri recruiting a lot longer than me. But, but I mean, but like, I don't is, know. This is in – I mean, the guy I have in mind is a guy that, yeah. that you know. Right. Terry Beckner, Doriel Greenbeckham. I, I would say Locke. I, mean, I, I would say Drew Okay, Locke. Locke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. So a couple things there. First of all, like you said, equal chance he's the – next chase daniel or chase Patton, like there's a way greater chance he's chase Patton than chase daniel because there's only been one chase daniel at missouri ever that like that that's almost unfair but anyway um yeah i i think it's you know a bigger deal not because of you know sam horn specifically and what he might be as a player and he might be very good who knows but but what this you know what this staff is capable of doing and as you mentioned and you wrote a, a whole column about this you know that this kind of redefines like well like what can Missouri be because we've we've said you know 
Missouri is almost never going to recruit at a you know top half of the SEC level, a top twenty nationally level consistently. They they have their mo has to be finding guys and de- finding guys who are you know maybe underrated and developing them. But maybe that's not true all of a sudden. I mean, like you know this is a a big get, a top eighty player at the most p- important position, had offers from half the SEC. You know, grew up a Tennessee fan. Um, like that's not the type of player that Missouri lands very often, if ever. And, you know, doing so at quarterback, obviously it helps you sell that, that to the rest of the offensive players in that class and maybe even the class as a whole. So I think it's just, you know, I mean, it's just more evidence that, that this staff is, and this head coach in particular is, are, is able to recruit at a level we maybe haven't seen here before. Yeah. A quick shout out to pocket watch for stopping by and, and giving us the, the super chat. Always appreciate that pocket watch. He's becoming a Missouri fan. Um, so we're converting <laughs> Auburn fans here. We're just doing you guys favors. Um, but um, so back to the question at hand about Sam Horn, um, Here's the one actually that this reminds me of, and this is certainly before your time um, covering Missouri (laughs) recruiting. But I remember when Tony Temple had a live uh, commitment ceremony on television in Kansas City. And by the time Tony committed, he did not have necessarily all of the options that he had once had. But at one time, Tony Temple was the number one running back in America and had like 60 offers as I fixed my microphone. Um, (laughs) But uh, I I mean, he could have gone a million different places by the end. Some of those had dried up, but I, I remember writing that for a coach who was trying to get his program really going. Cause I think that would have been the Oh four class. Like Tony Temple was the kind of commitment that you hold up to other kids and say, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for you. And mm-hmm. that started to happen. Now, I don't. I, I think that probably had as much to do with Brad Smith, obviously, as it did with, with Tony Temple. Um, but Tony did go on to, you know, he's one of the top 10 rushers in school history. He was the 07 Cotton Bowl MVP, had a, a very good career here. And he was, to me, one of the guys that really started it um, for Pinkle. And so... Like, if Eli Drinkwitz turns into what people want him to, Sam Horton might be that guy for Missouri. And, I mean, you can argue maybe it's Macon and love it, whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, but you know, they've gotten guys like that from East St. Louis before. They've gotten guys like that from the state of Missouri before. They've never gotten anybody like that from the state of Georgia. Um, playing the mm-hmm. position he plays, or from any state other than Missouri, Kansas, or Illinois. The position he plays right. – that highly rated and look when when you're recruiting receivers if the receiver is intelligent and has people around him to help guide him the very first thing he's going to ask is who's throwing me the football right Mm -hmm. um i i mean somebody has to get it there and now drinkwitz can answer that question really for the next five or six seasons and and I mean that's just on Connor Basilak's career. We're not even, we're not even <laughs> into Sam Horn. So that's true. Connor Basilak will be here until 2030. Yes, uh, but no, absolutely huge. Um, I, I don't think it can be overstated. And look, he's probably going to tweet out another offer at some point. He might even have a Zoom call with somebody like top 80 in the country. Like they're not just going to be able to assume he's coming here. But it seems. You know, he has a really good relationship with Eli Drinkwitz. They got in on him early, and I think they got in on him at a time when what you're going to see with a kid like him is 
some other programs are going to miss out on their top quarterback target, and they're going to circle back in like October and be like, man, we need a quarterback. I wonder if we could steal this kid from Missouri. And that's when I think Missouri fans will start to get a little bit nervous. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, like one, obviously way better to try to hold on to a committed player than get someone to commit. And two, you know, he seems to have a really good relationship with Drinkwitz and the staff. I mean, obviously he wouldn't have committed if not. So, you you, you know, I'm certainly not going to set it in stone, but you feel pretty decent about uh, about Horn ending up at Missouri. And, and touching on one of the things you said, like, yeah, this this alone isn't, you know, enough to, you know, sell everything, sell all these recruits and say, you know, you have to come here because he did. You have to pair it up with winning on the field as well. Obviously. But, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things we've talked about a lot, like what comes first, the winning or the re- good recruiting. And it, it's kind of both, you know, they kind of have to happen at the same time. And obviously half of that equation looks to be happening. Well, and, and I think this is worth pointing out too, because I know people have talked about it a little bit, like, and I don't mean this as a negative comment, but the truth is, assuming Sam Horn follows through and signs here, Either Sam Horn or Tyler Macon is almost certainly never going to start a game at Missouri. One of those right. two will probably never start a game here. And that's okay. That's quarterback recruiting, right? Because you know what Eli Drinkwitz is going to do now that he's got Sam Horn on board? He's going to go find his guy in 2023, and he's going to start recruiting the hell out of him for the next 16 months. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. So it's a unique position, but that's how, that's how it works, and it's better to have several good options than none. Right. And the good news is, as – Floyd the Barber points out, asking about Sean Robinson, the good news is if you don't win the quarterback job, you can just go become a starting safety at Missouri. Um, <laughs> maybe. But, uh, maybe not. <laughs> uh, no, Floyd's asking what do you think the odds are of him making an impact. Uh, I, I'm, I'm torn on this. Like, he, he's clearly a great athlete. The coaches love him. He's a good kid. But I was hoping we were going to get to talk to him today. It didn't work out. But I want to ask him, in that Mississippi State game, like, how much – of what you did had anything to do with like knowing the defense and what you were supposed to do and how much was just pure. I don't know, man, I'm an athlete out here chasing the football. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like for one, there there was nothing really fancy happening in that game. Mississippi state had the game in hand. I think they may have pulled their starting quarterback by that point. They did eventually Um, like they were not running some fancy offense Two, like, no one else on Missouri's team was trying particularly hard. So Sean <laughs> Robinson stood out partially because of that. He tried really hard, which good for him. That's, I mean, you know, you obviously want that in a player. Um, so yeah, I'm leaning towards, you know, I, I think he'll play on special he'll teams. Get on and the maybe, field, he, I think. maybe he sees the field some, but I'm leaning towards probably if he's your starting safety, you're in a little bit of trouble, but who knows? He could surprise me. Um, so, you know, we'll have to, we'll, I, you'll have to see. I could see him being a guy, maybe more playing in, Hey, probable run situations like being that safety yeah. up in the box, right? Just, mm-hmm. just go run toward the line. Um, but also, I think maybe it, in a weird way, it helps him that, hey, there's a new defensive coordinator who's bringing a new scheme. So, like, you know, Jelani Williams, Stacy Brown, none of these guys have any leg up on him, knowing any more about what Steve Wilkes is doing than than he does. Now they have the leg up of having played safety before, obviously, but. Right, right. But no, yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, blank slate with the new, you know, new new defensive coordinator and an additional new coach in the defensive backfield. So I'm not saying it's impossible by any means. Um, you know, it'd be a cool story. It already is a cool story. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still leaning towards most likely, you know, he, he will play some role, but not start. Before we move on to the rest of the questions, Todd Julian says he's getting a Sean Robinson jersey. I have not 
perused. I don't know if you can get a Sean Robinson jersey at 573tees.com, but if you go over there, even if you can't get a Sean Robinson jersey, you can get other things that you can wear. Many of them are black and gold. Maybe you're going to the football practice this weekend. Maybe you're going to the spring game in a couple weeks, or maybe you're finally going to have two vaccine shots by August 29th and be able to see a football game in person this year where the SEC, I think largely, I saw Ross Dellinger tweet out, is planning on full stadiums, which... We'll see. I think everybody was planning on full stadiums last year, too. But I'm a little more optimistic it will happen this year. So if you need some <laughs> things to wear to the game, go to 573-TEES.com. Check them out. Um, you know, they, they support us. They have for well over a year now. And uh, they say that, that they usually see a spike in uh, consumers after uh, we do this show, whether it's on Tuesday or Wednesday. So keep that up. Keep making them uh, – believe that it is worthwhile spending their time uh, <laughs> sponsoring the show. We'd appreciate that. Um, moving on, Blake wants to know, do you know where in Gentry Williams top six we are sitting and what the chances are? Gentry Williams, they, he's an athlete. Rivals has him listed as a corner, um, but he's an athlete from Booker T. Washington High School in Tulsa. Same school J.J. Hester went to uh, when he signed with Missouri a couple years ago. No, we don't know at this point. I mean, I think like word on the street seems to be Oklahoma is probably the favorite in this, which would make sense for a four-star kid from Tulsa, right? Um, but I am actually uh, in the process of setting something up to talk to Gentry next Thursday or Friday, hopefully when I am happening to be in Tulsa for other obligations. Um, I'm going to swing by his school. Um, we call that a tax write-off uh, folks. So I'm just out here teaching lessons with the IRS. Um, if you can, if you can swing that, do that. Uh, I, so hopefully we'll learn a little bit more, but uh, somebody else was asking about Aaron Fletcher's impact there. And, you know, Fletcher came from Tulsa and I think, you know, I, I think that was notable uh, for Gentry <laughs> Williams. I think that might have given Missouri a, a boost where, they were in the top 10. Maybe they wouldn't have been in the top six and maybe Aaron Fletcher has helped to get them in the top six. Yeah. I think it's maybe a little bit of an attention getter and helps, you know, you've got a guy who clearly had a good relationship with him. Um, you know, don't know where exactly he's sitting in the top six cause he didn't rank them, but um, you know, I mean, you mentioned he's not just a four-star kid. I think he's a top 60 national kid. So yeah, he's, he's really highly ranked. Um, so, you know, I mean, it, it it's always going to be a, a long shot, a little bit of a long shot to get a kid like that from out of state, but we just saw it happen. So uh, right. not going to totally count him out. And I don't no. think Aaron Fletcher hurts by any means. Right now. I, I think the difference here is like, what if Sam Horn would have had a Georgia offer, right? Right. Because that, sure. that's yeah. a little bit different getting the kid who doesn't have an offer from that. I mean, Sam Horn did have Georgia tech, but, like, unless you're Calvin big, Johnson, big I don't I mean, think anybody's yeah. putting those two programs quite on the same level. Um, right, right. You know, so uh, we'll see. But but again, it certainly can't hurt. And I, I mean, I can tell you one thing. You're not getting the kid if you're not in his top six. So, yep. Yeah. Being, al point. Although it theoretically could, because I do see a lot of kids tweet out top six. Recruitment, recruitment still open. open. Yeah, yeah, probably so. But I think that's more so if you're like uh, haven't offered yet and you're Alabama and you want to top right. in after someone announced the top right. school list. It's easier to do than Missouri. But I mean, if your recruitment is 100% open, you do not have a top six. You just no. have a list of schools you think will be cool to put on a graphic to get fans to right. tell you they want you. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, which more power to you. That's great. Um, you know, but uh, but let's let's keep keep honest about what our vocabulary is here. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Jack is asking about Toriano Pride. Is is Mizzou fading and Clemson gaining? You know, look, I don't know offhand. I mean, I I don't think Sean has been able to touch base with Toriano Pride lately, and I know I certainly haven't. But this is recruiting has become a thing where. I think the internet almost speaks things into existence, right? Mm-hmm. Like you see a tweet, mm-hmm. hey, this kid's at a camp at Clemson, he's wearing a Clemson hat, and that turns into somebody making a future cast pick for him, and then all of a sudden the overriding sentiment is, ooh, Clemson's really the team to beat here. And like, <laughs> I don't know, I literally could say any team in the country is the team to beat. And then you go somewhere else and it's just like, yeah, well, I'm telling you, man, on March 3rd, that team was the team to beat. But then on March 4th, it was a different team. Right. Yeah. A couple of things there. Yeah. Like absolutely. Especially with these crystal balls and future casts, you know, people did, you know, it, it could be anyone will put it in and then fans will just go, Oh yeah, he's leaning towards right. there. Well, really? No, just one person thought that's where he's going to end up. Like it, it, maybe it means like, something, maybe it doesn't. There are a lot of people who do a good job covering recruiting, but like, who knows, you know, how much the person who made that prediction knows. And, and also who knows what, you know, Toriano pride's opinions himself might change. I mean, I think people like to, think of recruiting like a horse race or something like this team is definitely in this position. This team's in this position. I mean, does anyone really know other than the kid himself? And even he might not know, you know, it's just, it's all reading things that, that probably shouldn't be read as much into. So it's just, you know, we'll see. When you were 17 years old at eight ten on Tuesday night, did you know what you were going to do at eight ten on Wednesday morning? Yeah, I mean, no, other than go to school. Yeah. Right. So maybe <laughs> like that was option. Senior yeah. year. Yeah. We'll see. But yes. Uh, so that's the point is, is sure. Recruiting can change all the time, but to me, unless like, this is where Sam Horn, it was a little easier to predict because for five months he'd been saying, Missouri's my top school. You yeah. know, like he actually yeah. was ranking them. Um, mm-hmm. Most kids aren't doing that. So uh, that's a, that's a difference there. I'm actually going to, I, I'm thinking about doing this. Uh, it'll be a social experiment. So we have access to make future casts for literally any kid in our database, right? Yep. Which mm-hmm. is, I mean, I don't know why I would make a future cast about a kid that's picking between like Texas A&M, LSU, North Carolina, and Ohio State. But I might just start doing it, right? I might just start picking kids that Missouri is not recruiting, has not offered, I've never talked to and never read an article. I might just go start making future casts about them like I might pick like six kids to commit to NC State and see if people all of a sudden are like, oh, future cast coming in for NC State. That's ooh, NC State really building a nice class here. <laughs> Have people start asking the kid about, uh, right. you know, NC State. I mean, may- maybe you never know. Maybe you could like get it to Speak happen. It NC existence. State's like, oh, man, maybe we have a chance here. We should offer. <laughs> <laughs> and then guess what? I'm moving to Raleigh. I'm NC State's recruiting coordinator. That's how this whole thing ends. But that would be a drastic life shift. I-, I feel like I would pick a different. I mean, NC State's fine, I don't, but I feel like yeah. I would pick a program that's really been down on its luck. I'm not going to pick Kansas, but like, no. I probably won't pick Illinois. I'm trying to think of somebody. Definitely won't pick Tennessee or Nebraska. Trying to, how about like? What about, about like, like UCLA? They've been down. Yeah, a I was thinking. I was just thinking like Cal, somewhere yeah, really like pretty Cal. irrelevant out west. Yeah. Cal, Cal is good. Um, maybe Stanford, something like that. So I might yeah. pick a program that I'm like I'd like to see them be better and just start future casting. 
a crap ton of kids to go there and see what it does. Yeah. The thing is recruiting, recruiting coordinator for Cal and Stanford's a tough job because they actually like really restrict the kids that can get in. Like Mizzou's yeah. moving heaven and earth to get a kid in. If he's, if the football coach wants him like Cal and Stanford, like, eh, nah, right. <laughs> he's right. He's got to have grades. So, yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll debate my, uh, my future casting abilities and how it may lead to a future career on, on other shows <laughs> down the road. Uh, Ron wants to know is Sam Horn's commitment to Mizzou just as big a PR win than it is on as it is on the field. I, I mean, all recruiting wins that that's all recruiting is is PR largely. And again, like yes, they take guys they think are going to be good players, but we frequently, I mean, of the of the rivals two fifty, I'm going to go out on a limb every year and say minimum of a hundred of them never end up playing. Mm -hmm. significant time minimum every single yeah. year so it's all pr yeah for sure yeah i feel like we covered that pretty well earlier so. yeah um canoe man always also always helping out here over from the auburn site reminding you to smash the like button i think that's the first time i've ever said that phrase on this show i guess it's <laughs> like a, a big youtube phrase i'm not big on that I, I i prefer to just go with hit the like button but you know smash <laughs> I, i'm not quite bro -y enough to say smash but uh <laughs> whatever i appreciate it um all right uh jack's a scary thought on drinks recruiting it can actually improve on what it's doing what happens when he starts landing the top two or three guys in the home state. I mean, that's the funny thing about recruiting is it's always about what the next level is. Right. And I'm not, I'm not mm -hmm. trying to poke fun at you, Jack. I, like it's a valid point. Um, but you know, I think the crazy thing is, is we're a year and a half in and we're seeing him right now hit what I've always thought is the ceiling for Mizzou recruiting. Like I've always said eh, top 20, top half of the sec that's about the ceiling that's that's mm -hmm. the best anybody could possibly do here well he's a year and a half in and he's doing it i and you know so i don't know i'm not gonna say it's impossible that there's another level yeah no i, I totally agree i mean like i i thought the 2021 class was you know maybe as good as it got but i mean he's already you know i've got two top 250 kids in the 2022 class committed. And one of them's, you know, a top 80 quarterback. So like, maybe it could be even better. Like I'm not putting limits on it for sure. That said, you know, first of all, like, like you said, like there is always the tendency to go, Oh, what next? What next is and at a certain point that's going to, you know, stop being realistic. And also, uh, you know, he's doing a lot to, 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 you know, recruit the state for sure. And Mizzou could, could stand to gain there from when he took over, but there's always, I do think there's always going to be, you know, a kid or two, especially of the elite elite that, that it's going to, is going to say, you know, Oh, I've got Ohio state or Clemson coming in offer. Like that sounds cooler than going down the street to Mizzou. Right. And you know, that, I, I mean, you'd like to get all those kids, but I think, you know, in a given year, there's always going to be one or almost always going to be one of those type things, no matter who's the coach. Well, and, and Gary Pinkle was the most successful modern coach in, in Mizzou mm -hmm. history. And he didn't what I would call lock down the state. I mean, he got a lot of guys mm -hmm. and in general, outside of Lawrence Maroney and Adrian Claiborne and Ezekiel Elliott, the guys he missed didn't actually end up going on to, to have great careers. And some of the guys that he got had much better careers than expected. But my point is like Mitch said, you're never going to get them all, but uh, Pinkle did kind of have it to a point where like, if you didn't want to come here, you just didn't want to come here, 
right? I mean, there mm-hmm. was nothing. It wasn't because the program wasn't good enough, and that's where the winning comes in. That's where getting Sam Horn isn't going to change a bunch of kids' minds in the state of Missouri, but getting Tyler Macon and Dominic Lovett and then going 9-3, and three, that's going to change some minds. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I, I was having the discussion with somebody, you know I, – I, I think it was earlier today, actually, about the Missouri Missouri's basketball recruiting. And we all know they've missed a lot of guys in the state. Well, you know what? A, why I think a big part of that is, is because those kids grew up with Missouri basketball not mattering. Like, they mm-hmm. never thought about Missouri basketball because their friends didn't think about it and their parents didn't think about it. And the people who... The, even Missouri fans didn't think about it, right? And so that's what Drinkwitz has had to battle a little bit coming in is Missouri football had become pretty unbuzzy the last few years, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it For wasn't sure. anywhere near what Missouri basketball has been, but it, it didn't feel like there was much juice around the program. So he's starting to get that back. But I think when you really see dividends is two or three years down the road, especially if he can give you eight this year and nine next year, then there starts to be this, oh, hey, well, it's good enough for the, like, why would I go somewhere else? I can go do this and, and everybody can come see me play. And so, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I still, I don't know that this can ever be a program that recruits in the top 10 on any sort of consistent basis, but we'll see. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Um, okay. Let's see. Keep on rolling through. Uh, Mitchell, why did you not play receiver at Mizzou? <laughs> Hot shoulders is guessing six five two fifteen. Uh, he's close. I'm about six five two hundred two oh five. Um, okay. well, so there's a few reasons why I didn't play receiver at Mizzou. One, I was not athletically good enough uh, yeah. to do so. Um, you know, couldn't run fast enough, jump high I, enough, or catch well. Enough, I think I that's really I the mean, only reason you need, but. Yeah. Two, I also showed up to college at about six five one seventy, which that Holy that crap. that person gets broken in half when he runs across so the middle and, and catches a pass. The extra thirty five pounds are good or bad weight? Good, I think. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 about the same I'm about the same as when I finished my swimming career. So Okay. Well, good news. Yeah. Um yeah. me too. I think. Sadly. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Case wants he wants me to start recruiting guys to uh, start future casting a bunch of kids to Missouri. I I feel like Neil McCready would do it for me. You know, I feel like yeah, if I, I just mean, said, "Hey, would you go just hit hit?" Like he doesn't care about his future cast percentage. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't care either, except that it would if it, if I do it for Missouri, it gets our people into kind of a tizzy, and then obviously hurts my credibility with them. But yeah, I mean, like I. Don't, yeah. I, I don't think anyone should care that much about their future. I'm, I'm going to start. I'm actually going to start a burner and just start future casting <laughs> totally incorrectly. Um, but see, I don't know if we can have burners with the future cast things. Cause otherwise it's just a fan forecast. The fact that we can do the future cast is because we're like moderators. So you'd have to become like a whole fake person and do extra work, which doesn't seem up your alley. <laughs> well, it is fair to point out that I'm not huge on extra work, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> 
Uh, I'm, I'm not even huge on just like the normal amount of work. If we're being truthful, like, I'm I, having a. I like the idea though of a burner fake, like a U undercover running like the North Texas Rivals site, and then just putting in a bunch of random future casts. I mean, my kid is going to be going to college. I'm going to have so much extra time. I'm going to start doing stupid stuff like that. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll check into that. Okay, so I've got bad news here. I just went to the SEC basketball scoreboard. LSU is leading Vanderbilt 46 to 24 at halftime, which mm, means seems like a good game. That if LSU wins that game, Missouri cannot get a top four seed in the SEC tournament. I think a 22 point lead is going to be safe for LSU. You would think they don't play a ton of defense, but uh, but Vandy you know, doesn't play a ton of anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that one's probably safe. So, yeah, that means Missouri best it can do is the five seed in the SEC tournament. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss and Kentucky are playing. That game completely doesn't matter. Neither one of them can make the NCAA tournament. Alabama beat Auburn, and freaking Arkansas just steamrolled South Carolina. I mean, look, South Carolina's bad, but Arkansas put up 101 points. Um, that's, yeah. That's a lot of points. Arkansas's playing. They're playing well. I got on here and said five. last week that I wasn't sure how good they were. I wasn't sold on them. They're, they're playing really well. They're they're a good team. I mean, they're going to be what? What do you think? A four with the ability to play themselves into a three? Um, probably something like that. I don't know. I haven't paid they're ranked super 12th close in the attention. But yeah. Right. Yeah. They're, they're certainly, I mean, moving in the right direction. That's 10 straight SEC wins. I feel like it's a good thing we're getting close to the end of the show because Hot Shoulders now wants to know why I didn't play – Receiver up to it five seven two sixty two sixty five. Wow, the camera must have had a he, like out. how many cameras are on me? Like, dude, he overestimated by nearly a, a hundred full pounds. Two sixty five. Five eight weighed in at one seventy today. So uh, that is uh, that is disrespectful. Two sixty five. <laughs> Hot shoulders banned from the YouTube show. I don't even know how to do that, but but we're gonna start kicking people out of here for disrespectful stuff like that. Uh, all right, let's see. There was no chance LSU was losing to Vandy. Look, I don't know, man. Vandy Vandy just beat Ole Miss, right? Without their yeah, two best never players. Say never. Yeah, you never know. I mean, this is, I mean, it's not like we're talking about a bunch of juggernauts in this. Vandy almost beat Alabama at Alabama this year. They lost by like three. So, right. Uh, and yeah, let's, uh, let's kind of wrap it with this. Um, I'm just going to open with a statement and let you attempt to refute it. Okay. The SEC is garbage in basketball this year. Um, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say garbage, but it's not particularly good. Um, I mean, Alabama is fine and, and, you know, they've, well, I mean, they've had a really good stretch this season and deserve to be a two or a three season. So that's a good season. That's a good team by, by any stretch, but they could absolutely lose to, you know, a, they, they could lose to a lot of teams out there. Um, and then after that, you know, Arkansas is playing well and they, they definitely are the clear second best team in the league right now. But, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot of very flawed teams that, that, you know, can certainly lose to, to almost anyone on, on a given night. I mean, you know, Missouri, LSU, Florida, Tennessee, all, all teams that have uh, some good wins, but quite a few not so good losses. So I know we don't know matchups or anything, but yeah, it, it, I think two SEC teams will be seeded to make the Sweet 16. I think Alabama and Arkansas will be top four seeds. I don't think anybody else yes. in the league will be. 
if I told you the over-under is two on SEC teams in the Sweet 16, where do you go? Oh, man. I mean, at or is it 2.5 or 1.5? Are we <laughs> sticking I mean, at two? I don't, I don't know. know. With two, you push. Yeah. That's, that's kind of that, – that's a really I'd, weak move, but if you want to do it, yeah, I don't care. I, I'd probably say two or, or more I I because yeah. you never know. I mean, like, there's teams with some talent. Like, LSU could get hot and, and win a couple games. And, and even – I mean, like, you know, first of all, to, to get the Sweet 16 any year, you could have just – things break your way you know maybe you're a five seed and you you win your first round game in your second round game you play a 13 or this year maybe who knows maybe you're supposed to play a good team in the first or second round but they get replaced by a by a team that would have been out of the tournament because that's a thing if you know not once the games start but beforehand like theoretically you know we could have you know some team get replaced by colorado state or something right before like a two seed get replaced by colorado state so uh anyway though long-winded way of saying i'd take over just because you know they're they're capable teams and there's always teams that make runs to the sweet 16 who you don't expect uh so two or more is my guess i think i'd take the under because i think either alabama or arkansas gets beat early i don't trust tennessee at all i lsu could give up 192 points in the first round yeah absolutely Uh, florida i don't know they just florida's not really done anything that that makes me really turn my head and Missouri I just I the way they're playing right now it's tough to see them winning too so I would go under if I had to um uh okay Jack says that the Big Ten is overrated um first of all the Big Ten has four of the top seven teams in the country I think um he okay five of the top nine I believe yeah I mean Michigan like I, I think they are getting a little benefit of they're like beating each other and getting credit. Right, and for that. those are good wins, but no, I think they're good teams. I, I do too, but like, and I'm it's looking also an extremely deep league. I'm looking Michigan's non-conference. I don't know. The best win was probably like UCF, but I think it's hard to argue. It, it's hard to argue with the straight face that Michigan is not an elite level team. Um, yeah. I know Missouri saw Illinois on its worst day, but Illinois is 19 and six. Um, you know, uh, Iowa, he says, who is Iowa beaten? So I'm going through Iowa's schedule. I mean, I know Iowa beat Ohio state the other day. Um, and Illinois. they hammered North Carolina. Um, one of their seven, here's their seven losses. Gonzaga at Minnesota, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio State, geez, they got swept by Indiana, which is weird. They have four yeah. losses to top seven teams and then two to Indiana, which is kind of strange. But, like, I was the most un-Iowa team I've ever seen. Like, they score a lot of points. They're really kind of fun to watch. They've actually kind of been this way for a few years. They play no yeah. defense at all. All yeah. they do is jack up shots, and they're very good at it. And they have some very good scorers, including probably the player of the year. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. You, you can say, like, yeah, all these teams have inflated their resumes a little bit against, with games against each other. But, like, there's not a ton of teams with great out-of-conference schedules this year because none of those games, games happened. Right. Right. So, and, and, like, I don't know, at a certain point, like, I think you got you to gotta acknowledge when a conference, you know, you know, midway down, you're talking about, like, you know, 
Michigan State, Maryland, like those are solid teams. Like that's that's a tough, you know, that's a grind. I mean, the Rutgers is a solid team. When when that's your, you know, probably seventh through tenth team in the league, those three I just mentioned somewhere around there. Like, I don't know. I, I have a hard time arguing that league's overrated. Yeah, Big Ten and the Big Twelve are clearly head and shoulders above everybody else this year. By the not, way, did you watch any of that uh, Baylor West Virginia game today? I did not because I was sitting I staring at an empty Zoom was, screen. I uh, see. I stared at that while I was yeah. waiting for the Zoom thing, and then continued to watch it. Really fun game. Really yeah. fun game. It was like it was like ninety-one to eighty-eight in overtime, or something like that. It, yeah. Dramatic and lots of offense. It was fun. Yeah, Baylor. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Baylor had a coach covering up dudes murdering <laughs> other dudes on the team. Would it? That's never like I'm never gonna not bring it up. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Uh, David was wanting to know what seed Missouri was when they made the Elite Eight run under Mike Anderson. They were a three seed that year, uh, beat second seeded Memphis, lost to I think top seeded UConn in the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know anything we didn't touch on. Any anything you want to throw out there to get anybody fired up before we go? <sighs> Not that I know of. I mean, we'll have coverage tomorrow, Mizzou at Florida. Um, and then Saturday's a big day. We got uh, open spring practice and then uh, senior day, a basketball game against LSU. We'll, we'll be at all those things. Yeah, so three things before you leave. Number one, hit the like button. Number two, go to 573tees.com. Number three, never come on my show and accuse me of weighing 265 pounds because <laughs> that's some serious craziness there so anyway appreciate all you guys watching and uh making a show which we didn't prepare for actually uh have some good things to talk about so thanks uh mitch good to hang out and we'll uh we'll see you later on sounds good